Has the COVID-19 pandemic forced investors to rethink evaluating their investments? We're going to talk about that coming up on the show today. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right, welcome back, everybody. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert. And I'm Jake Rivas. I am the financial expert, but together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning topics, the economy, and review financial tools, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future. All right. So today we have a really interesting conversation topic and a tool for people. So why don't you tell them about this article that you sent me and I'll pop it on the screen and what's going on with corporate governance and how people are possibly making their investment decisions in the future and how that might change. Yeah. So this article is a little technical. So, I mean, if you're, I wouldn't necessarily suggest reading it, but it brought about some good thoughts for me and I have interacted with some clients, um, and worked with them on a concept that's called ESG investing. And ESG investing has been around for a long time. And essentially what that stands for is economic, social, and governance investing. When we look at, when we talk about investing in mutual funds, it's always like overly complicated. We don't ever really know like what we're investing in, where our dollars are going. We're just buying this mutual fund because that's usually what's available to us to help us participate in the stock market, right? ESG investing came about as a result of one being more and more data is now available about how companies, publicly traded companies are run. Everything from their environmental impact across their, you know, their regional area or around the world, what they're doing to Mother Earth, uh, the social impact of what they're doing in their communities, and then governance, how they run their organizations, how they pay their people. And with all of that data coming out now as an investor, if you identify with some of those qualities and you feel like they're extremely valuable when selecting an investment, because when we're selecting an investment, we're using our own money to invest as a shareholder in this company. And Mm so now that we have so much data available to us, you can actually evaluate your investment with a score. So it tells you whether or not the company is considered an ESG qualified investment, which means they pay particular attention to, or they place a high priority towards the governance of the organization, uh, what their social and economic impacts might be as a company. And so sometimes as investors, I mean, we all know that, you know, there are things that are misaligned out there in our world. The COVID-19 pandemics highlighted a lot of those things. You know, clearly we have a medical system that's flawed. Workers are extremely important. Um, we are, 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 our existence is relatively fragile as far as the framework is concerned. And so this article prompted me to start thinking about, well, maybe we need to reevaluate how we are investing our dollars in companies and maybe pro corporate America or pro profit isn't always the most important aspect of the return on your investment. We talk about personal finance. This is all personal. These are your dollars. And so for some people, it's about return and profitability because investments, that's their nature. I think though, as we start to collect more data, companies have to become more transparent. There's some stuff that a lot of people don't like. And so now that they know it, 
these kinds of resources that we're going to share with you on the show can just help you become a more informed investor. Yeah. So um, let's back up and talk about ESG a, a minute, though. So ESG, that stands for, remind you said environment, environment, social, social, and governance, governance. So the, the actual, so that has to yeah. do with how they pay their employees, um, how they their treat their, um, you know, shareholders, their, their, the, like a, a mother on leave or a father on leave, like those types of policies, um, yeah. you know, how they let, let people go, how many people they let go things, yeah. they, you know, how they hire their diversity. It's all that, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they, um, do they really define how they understand those concepts? Because, you know, some, some companies might have a different view of, you know, we're going to take X more importantly than Y for right now or something like that. Right. So how do you differentiate within that G between different companies that might have, you know, that, that might value what you value, but they prioritize one thing over another at the moment. Right. Does that make sense? Just because like you can't do everything all at once, for instance. Um, No, that's a good point. And I don't really know the answer. That's a good question because like, like I, if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying like, okay, if we had Amazon, for example, and one of their big priorities was paid maternity leave. However, they didn't have like, I don't not paid sick leave or some other paid leave available to their employees yet. They were focused on one of the other things. Would that cause them to have a low governance score? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Like it's yes, basically is, is how do they rate them in you know same thing with um environmental right so right everything humans do has an environmental impact right, right? me breathing has an environmental impact wearing clothes is an environment every so like the you know i'm just curious like how they rate those priorities like maybe a company is trying to move they've been a paper heavy company and they're trying to move to paperless you know, but again, they, they can't do these things overnight. Is slow, my problem. Right. And, right. and, but that's with, you know, but maybe they also, um, you know, use plastic and they can't get away from that in the, in the near term. So instead they're going to focus on paper, right? So how do you rate those two things? And they're going to try to go paperless, but they're not going to focus on the, the plastic at the moment. Cause they can't for a variety of reasons. And, you know, are they given extra credit for that? So my point is just like, I wonder how, um, you know, my, my, my worry is that these types of things might almost be arbitrary in terms of how they're rated. Is right. that, you know, that, that's what this my worry would be. Risk. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know either. I don't know how they, I'm imagining maybe the, there's gotta be a board of directors of some kind that yeah. establishes these guidelines. And I'm thinking like if we took maybe not governance, but environment, maybe it's, yeah. you know, something to do with emissions, right? If you're a company that has a high amount of pollutants that you're producing into the atmosphere that may receive a much more critical score than okay. somebody who's switching from paper to paperless, right? Cause it's a higher, it's a more pressing issue for the environment. So they have like a point system and based on what you fall into or something like that, you might yeah. get more points for this and less right. points for that or, okay. Right. And so when you, and the, the little tool that I'm going to, demonstrate on there gives you the yeah. gives like a sustainability score. And so it actually 
evaluates a lot of different metrics and then does assign a point system. So I guess in some ways that's okay. a, a way to evaluate it within those three factors, environmental, social, and governance. So before we get into the tool, the, I guess the last thing to say to reiterate what you were saying or to build on it is it's ESG. That's what this thing, environmental, social, governance are the three main factors. The point of that as an investor which is something that in like the 1960s, nobody cared about, right? As an investor, right. really, it was, you know, I want to invest in this company because it'll hopefully give me money back. If they're burning the entire Amazon, uh, I don't care as long as I get my money, right? right. And now people are saying, okay, well, I want money and we, we need money because I want to invest for my future. I want to invest for my kid's future, but it, I'd prefer it if they didn't burn down the Amazon. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, so if I can find companies that, one, give me money, make money for me in the long term, and that work toward not burning down the Amazon, then I can do that. Then I, I can yeah. invest in that company. I mean, yeah. and and maybe you might have um, you know, some priorities that are over others. You know, maybe you you want something like maternity leave, like we talked about, and you want you you care about the workers at a company, and that's the thing that you want to focus on. So you're gonna you want to look for companies as an investor that looks at these companies and that allows you to invest in the ones that not only make you money, but also have these values that you care about. Exactly. And that's, that's, you know, cause a lot of financial planning is about when we set goals, right? Those goals are meaningful, valuable to you. They may be meaningless to somebody else because somebody else isn't interested in taking a two-year sabbatical when they're 40, but you might be. And so now your plan and your objectives for your plan are totally different than the other person. So really it's always just been, it's, it's a lot easier to define those things with goals and objectives. It's been a lot more difficult to define those things when it comes to actually buying shares of investments that are out in the marketplace. Yeah. So that's just a way for this kind of stuff to, to become a little more transparent for people. And it's also important to note, there's really no right or wrong here. You could argue the other direction and say, this is really just because there's so much data out there that now we want to get fancy and find another way to evaluate investments, right? Mm. You could argue that as well. We're now we're making it way too complicated. We want these these companies to make money so that I get money back as an investor because that's why I'm putting my money in there. And that's a perfectly logical way to construct your investment profile. But we're starting to just see more and more of a trend moving towards these ESG type of uh, credentialing, if you will, on in mutual funds and investments because investors are demanding that kind of thing. Got it. And this is a, so why don't you show us this tool for those who want to invest with their, these kinds of values and, and, you know, as well as making money. Yeah. And so there and are I, these tools. So I'll pop this on the screen. This is, um, as you sow.org slash invest your values. And I don't represent this company. Uh, I don't, this is a totally free thing that they have on their website that I found. It's the only one that I've found that's not proprietary to like a, an investment company. Cause I've seen a couple of other ones, but it was like for their specific mutual funds. And I'm always kind of a little skeptical about that. So this one, they have several different categories on this tool. So like, for example, if gender equality was something that's really important to you. You could click on the box that has gender equality and in the little search, 
you can type in the ticker symbol for whatever the investment is. Would you like is. me to do one? Sure. Yeah. So click on the, click on the gender equality. Gender equality. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So then if you click it, you're going to see this big menu and it'll give you an overall score. And this score is based on what the holdings are within that mutual fund. So this is like a, a very common mutual fund that, you know, a lot of people might have access to within their 401k plan. So if this may be valuable information for you to know that like, hey, their gender balance score is less than 50. Is that great? Is that not great? What does that mean exactly? So it's just informative, I think. Um, and then you can also scroll down after you're looking at that, you can see the other uh, ways in which they evaluate the fund. So like if I was just looking at this sustainability mm. report card toward the bottom, there's a lot of so say F for military weapons. Yeah. <laughs> so they got, that's an, like an F, like a report card F. Yeah. So that would say like, if that's something that you don't want to invest money into, this fund has quite a bit of holdings. Actually, it has approximately 13 holdings that, uh, are part of major military contractors. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't want to have anything to do with military contractors, this is probably not, not the, the best fund, fund for, you. for you. But they do pretty good with fossil fuels, with deforestation. Gender equality is average. They're doing okay, but they should be doing better. And they're great at civilian firearms. They're not really investing in civilian gun retailers at home. Right. Right. That's how you would interpret that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I just think, you know, for some people, when we talk about the value of building a financial plan, we have to hone in on what is valuable to you. Because when we put a plan together, it's a long-term journey. So we got to make sure that you're going to be able to make decisions that are consistent with your own values and beliefs, whether they're right or wrong. It's very difficult for me as an advisor to get you to stick with a strategy that's inconsistent with your values. And so this is just another layer for you to be able to feel really good about where you're investing your money, if that's something that's important to you. And so for those listening rather than watching, just you know, to let you know, we'll put links to these uh, tools so you can look them up yourself. But yeah. basically, they give you an overall score, which is weighted the weighted average of holding um, equilib gender scores. I don't know what that means. Uh, normalized zero to a hundred, and the, so basically, and then it has like a percentile. Um, so it gives a variety of these scores that you can visualize. Gender balance score is forty-seven out of a hundred. So the weighted average of holding equilib gender balance scores. No, so. What you're saying in general is this. So this may not be. Um, it looks like this is going to be a challenging tool for investors to some degree because, you know, what do you do, for instance, when you've come across a really strong mutual fund and and companies to invest in that then have not the best. And what if like the let's say you look at five mutual funds that you want to invest in and all five of them, none of that, you know, they're like the best that you could invest in right now, but yeah. none of them are are jibing with what with what you want your values to be. And then now that's gonna be a kind of dilemma that people and in the investors in the past did not really face, right? Yes. Um that's a very good point. And that can cause that's like analysis paralysis. Yeah, that, so that 
that's kind of one of the other things that I'm, I'm worried about is also people making waiting too long to make decisions and maybe losing opportunities, keeping money in their checking account or savings account that would normally be invested. Mm-hmm. So what might you say to someone like that? Because we've talked a lot on the show of the importance of, you know, your long-term investments, having a good plan. It's not a good idea just to keep all your money in a mattress just yeah. because, you know, so it's, it, it's a challenging moral dilemma. You know, what, do you, what do you tell is. somebody who really cares about like, you know, I imagine a lot of people are like, well, I want them to have A's on all of these things. Right. Right. And right. it's like that, you know, I don't want them to, to be in any of these things. And it's like, well, you know, what do you say to someone like that? So that's a good point. And I think, you know, there's now there are some, some investment fund companies that specifically only invest in ones that have like all A's. So, oh, okay. You would in, um, outside of being restricted from a retirement plan with your company, you can find those types of mutual funds on virtually any independent trading platform. So not that that necessarily eliminates analysis paralysis. It probably adds to it because now the universe is completely open for investments, you know? And so now it's like my menu is huge. That's one of the oh. reasons that 401ks are effective in spurring participant uh, participation is because they give you a select menu like at a restaurant and they say, okay, these are the six options you have to pick from. Pick one. This tool, oh, okay, however, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah. And so in that instance, you're exactly right. That could, that could pose a problem where they're like, uh, all of these get F's on this tool. Yeah. In which case, if you are someone who believes in these things passionately, you have some influence over your company. Those menus can change. They're not sacrosanct. Those menus of the investments to pick from can change to virtually anything. And so if you wanted to, if you felt compelled to do so, I realize this could be an extreme, but if it's valuable to you and you want to make sure that you have an option on that menu, go to your HR department because they, they have their, they're the plan administrator and they're the ones that are responsible for designing the menu. And if you have enough support to add a couple of options that score better, according to this metric, that could be one way that you could solve that problem. Yeah. So it sounds like we're living in a very active, like, you know, I don't want to say necessarily political, but just like people are more active in what they value and want the world to be mm-hmm. like and, mm-hmm. and more vocal about it. So one way to think about this as a tool is it gives you the opportunity to, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to wait, you know, in the, in the short term, but now that you know that you're invested in these things, you know, in your 401k or, you know, like you said, the, the option that you're particular corporation that you work for is offering for their 401k that you want other options because you don't like any of them. You can gather a group of people together from your company, employees, and maybe try to talk to the HR department or, you know, pitch people or use social media as a way to say, Hey, we're invested in these six companies and I get that we want to make money, but we also should think about not burning down the Amazon forest. So why don't we try to have one of these six as an option that doesn't do that, right? Or something like that. Yeah, and so, yeah. But like, exactly. if you don't know these things, you can't do that. And I think that's what you're saying is yeah, the value really of these. Yeah, that's a way to 
to, to illustrate the point. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah, exactly. I can't even add to that. And also the thing I would throw in there is like, we're not Warren Buffett. So while these things are important and it's instructive to know, your 80 to $100 mutual fund investment from the larger scale isn't moving the needle in, in some respects. Cause you made a mention of like in the short term that it shouldn't prevent you from participating. And that's exactly right. Like I get that maybe the report card for the fund that you really want to invest in isn't the best, but remember too, the impact that your dollars are making right now. It's we, now that we know this information, we can start to move in a different direction if that's important, but don't make it seem so gargantuan that it's like, ah, my dollars are ruining the burning down the rainforest, mm -hmm. right? Let's be a little realistic about that piece of it. Yeah. And, and understand that you need to take care of your own house before you fix the world. Absolutely. And that I think is a good piece of advice that personally that I've received in terms of if you wait to fix the whole world, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. The thing you can do in your lifetime is make incremental improvements and make your life the best that you can be and try to make the world that you live in the best that it can be, you know, little by little. But if you wait for it all and you say, I'm going to wait till I have a perfect score thing, then you probably won't invest any of your money and you're going to lose all that, you know, income time. And, and time. Yeah. And then you're not going to be able to later on, you know, make the, the impact that you'd like to with the, you know, funds that you've raised in the you know awareness that you've had over the, over the years, yeah. because you're going to be struggling to make ends meet when you're 60. Right. Right. Because you've been fighting the good fight through boycotting your mutual fund. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Fighting the good fight through your mutual fund. That's yeah. what we'll call this episode. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> fight the good fight through your mutual fund. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up, though. That was a good. That was a good way to tie it back in. Fix your own house uh, before you fix the world. But know that these tools are out there because you know it's important to some people and. Now it's kind of cool that at least the data is there. It's instructive. It's informative. Whether it sways your decision or not is up to you. Yep. I agree. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents. Check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. And oh, follow us on Instagram at the Jake's Two Cents. Take care. Yep. See you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.